0: Listeners and viewers, are you ready for episode 3 of the Jedi's Invest move to Indonesia? Uh, It's great to be back. Some big shouts out before we begin. Erin. E double R G to the B to the C in Guangzhou. Love you well, brother. Barry Hatcher, not the milk snatcher, I think, in Portugal now. Christian, big shout out to you too in Bali. Uh, We're so close to each other now. When are we finally gonna see each other after so long? Keegan, arrow to Mr. Keegan. All the way now in Abu Dhabi, the UAE. Getting ready, I believe, tonight for your first um, Aquanaut event. DJ Mendoza or Medusa. I hope she doesn't turn you all to stone. That wouldn't be a very good disco. Alan Domenico, Mr. D, all the way in Malta. Looking forward to seeing you guys. Uh, when you come over here to Bali in December. What a Christmas present that is. Uh, Jan McDermott, my old accountant in northwest England. So good to hear from you, Jan. Thanks for your comments, and I hope you're doing well there. Another true Red supporter. Mr. Klulo, Mark Kluloski, down in Thailand, I do believe, Mark. Um, Great to hear from you too. And, of course, the one and only Vonnie, hopefully, sitting there in your hot tub or cold tub on your terrace in Juhai, sipping something um, other than water. (laughs) Ron stretching for fitness. Um, How you doing, Ron? Thanks for your comments. Uh, The Mosquito Man in Jakarta. And uh, Aaron, a big uh, shout out to you too, you and your family in Lijo, China. And finally, Nata Aka, the Natty Natty Badman, my new Sasak friend down the road in Kuta, all to be revealed later. There we go. The tissue is off the screen. How high quality we are here in the Indonesian studios of Kuta. Um, It's great to be back. My gosh, we have a full show today. So much to get through. I will go through as quick as I can. It's not going to be 15 minutes, but hey, you can pause it and come back uh, to us later. Um, Before we begin and get into stuff, I do have to just make a small apology, well, an apology, to the International Mosquito Protection Society. Actually, I was searching for an image of this. There is actually one, and it's acton28.blog, my friend John Acton in uh, Dongguan, South China. John Well done for, uh, you know, sticking up for mosquitoes. I do apologize to everyone when that mosquito came along on the screen. Um, I don't know if I made full impact with it, but if I did, I do apologize. Um, Yes, it's not something we want to be spreading, uh, killing sentient beings in our world, however problematic they may be. So apologies um, to the Guangdong International Mosquito Protection Society. Okay, let's get into things then. It's episode three. We've been here now for what? Mm, September, October. I think it's about six or seven weeks, right? Oh, yeah. Um, So finally, we are now on TikTok. Uh, Is this big news? I don't really know. Um, Actually, Zach, uh, our oldest son, is running the show here. Please check us out if you're on TikTok, plop, plop, Lombok at bradshaw wildchilds um at bradshaw wildchilds um for those who know us you could probably tell that's quite a fitting name uh for boys i mean what else can you do so there you go we're now on tiktok and zach is running the show there so maybe some fun bits and bobs there if you're interested um in uh subscribing i hate the word follow Um, we are not sheep Let's move on the pick of stun, well, this month or last month's picture it's got to be this one for me um it encompasses a hell of a lot of feelings uh I don't know if I mentioned, but it's very hard in the last country we relocated from, lovely as it is to actually just light a fire and and be a you know a real human being um you can't be lighting a fire sitting around it and just staring into the magical colors um there's something primordial and beautiful about it this is on a beach in Sengigi. we were lighting them every night basically um right near our, our guest house room so that's that you know it's one of those things i was really looking forward to doing because whenever i try to do it um in the big sea Um, I was shut down with a megaphone and a whistle and two or three security guards. So there you go. Of course, anyone lighting fires, um, we always like to respectfully put them out and um, not burn anything else except what we were burning. So, of course, I think as you get to adult age, you should be able to do that. I believe we're responsible enough. Um, Let's go over some world news. My gosh, is it all happening in the world now? It's not just one country or two everywhere is feeling the full effects of i think system disillusion um everything is cracking apart that is not honest and real and truthful and integral and loving it's all falling apart around us and um yes the corrupt mainstream media is still carrying the same old tunes So let's have a little look um, on the BBC mortgage mortgage lenders halt some deals after the pound dramatically falls. I mean I think we 're going to be seeing the euro and the dollar and the the pound all one to one very soon over the coming years. Direct hit as NASA smashes spacecraft into asteroid well done NASA um, yes, well done there that 's really movie stuff, huh New King Charles the royal cipher revealed okay uh, we 'll get onto to that in a bit later um, Russia admits errors during war mobilization drive. Is there anything ever positive about Russia anymore? You really wonder if journalists are showing all sides of the situation. Um, bank fails to car market as pound tax. I've told about millions turned to second jobs as living costs. soar. I mean, if not one job is bad enough, now you've got to do two England held in six goal thriller by Germany. That's the uh, men's one, I believe. Um, yeah, typical England, uh, not getting through to the end with victory um Worcester suspended and put into administration well that's another big club going down the plonk um due to bad administration and management um uh, five ways the falling pound could affect you yeah it's all crashing down and it's not just going to be the pound um I think we are in that age I think as I said before where these systems are coming down because they are not sustainable we've got to make new ones decentralized ones in my opinion fury says joshua fight off as deadline expires and uh, oh how utterly ridiculous i like this one utterly ridiculous firefighters spend three hours removing cow stuck in a tree um, unfortunately this was in hampshire in england had to be rescued by firefighters it got stuck in a tree and the cow couldn't remove itself from its predicament and looked a little bit moody oh dear me uh look Do you trust this lady? Of course you do. She's got a name that just sounds just like it. What's her name? Liz Truss or something like this. Um, Well, it's in England, our first uh, female prime minister, right? After good old Maggie Maggie Thatcher, shall I say. Sorry, rhyming everything here. It's not intentional. But I mean, I'd like to just... Pose this question to viewers and listeners, especially those in England now. Have you seen the movie and when we were locked down in England in 2020 I, I watched it on BBC one of the BBC digital channels. Uh, here's Emma Thompson acting the role of a UK woman Prime Minister in very troubling times um, which you could say we're in at the moment in England. Uh, I really really do. There's such a likeness there how things in the movies seem to come true almost uh, if it's not uh, really coincidence years and years. I recommend watching the show. It's very interesting. It goes into the, uh, (laughs) the advance in AI agenda. It's all in there and uh, yeah, go and check it out and just see if there's any likenesses with what's happened around us in the movie set that we're currently um, physically based in. So there you go. And of course, good old Queenie to be fair. Hats off if I had one, or my Jedi hat over there. Uh, You did a long stint. You did a good show. Um, Is that water there you're holding? I wonder if it is water or something else. Well, you're old enough to have a drink, aren't you, dear? Nice blue, light blue, turquoisey top there. Um, Yes, commiserations to the Queen. Again, a big system coming down. Um, I would believe uh, that... she's probably been dead with all due respect for quite some time but this is the time that the media finally allows us to know what's going on well just a little bit of course uh so let's move on from the world news there's a time shot there (laughs) okay let's start with the headlines then um horrific as they may be uh (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Let's start with the right, shall we? Um, so we left our lovely cat Marley in China. It was, I think, it would have cost us twelve thousand US dollars to bring her over here. Shall I say, smuggle her uh, over here? And uh, quite frankly, we also believe that maybe it's just not right. Queen Marley's never lived um, on the land. She's always been well, twenty floors up, or at least eight floors up in an apartment, um, treated like a queen of Sheba. And bringing her over here to kind of the tropics where there's so many things out there that um, could bite her. Uh, we just don't know if it's the right thing. So she's being looked after by Long Long. Um, I think it's taking very well care of her there. You can see he's put her in an oven. Um, but don't worry. Uh, listeners, viewers, it's a pet time oven. It just cooks them up, so I think all the dirt and bacteria and bad microbes um, are irradiated. Hopefully, Marley's not been. And on the left, we see uh, the back of myself. Uh, this is after the first day we began surfing. I took in the, taken the two um, older boys, Jazz and Zach, surfing. We've just started. Uh, we'll talk more about this in the future. But would you believe? The first time I got up on the board, um, my (laughs) short split, as you can see, in not a very good area. And so, yeah, that was quite funny. Of course, when I took the surfboard off to the beach when we finished a two-hour session, I totally forgot, bent down to put the surfboard down, turned around and saw a load of people looking at me very strangely um, from under the, uh, the cover of a cafe. And I then had to quickly remember and I apologized and said it was a very um big wave but yes, yeah, surfing's underway we're really enjoying it and for all those surfers out there the rush of getting up onto the board for the first time and being pushed by the natural motion of the wave is just uh well it's undescribable, really and uh, highly addictive so a lot more hard tough uh, knocks and learnings on the way to come i'm sure but the boys are really loving it And um, I hope to get some good video footage, photos of that in the near future. Big date coming up for us. It's Kai's third birthday on the 27th of October. Finally, he loses the uh, stereotype of being in the uh, terrible twos. Although, of course, I can't see it changing too quickly as he turns to three. But you never know. I'm praying every day. Good old Kai. Quite a tough one to handle, I must admit. So there's your headlines for you. Let's get stuck into all things what we've been doing over this past month since we last um, were uh, connecting with you. Uh, Where have we been? Uh, Well, this is Lombok, um, which hopefully you should be familiar with now. 35 miles to the east of Bali, Indonesia. And we are down here in Kuta. We're basing ourselves in Kuta. I'm uh, recording this from the same place I believe I recorded the last one in the holiday Lombok uh, resort hotel. And what we decided to do this month is we thought we'd take a little look at the west of uh, Lombok here, up here, Mataram, which is the capital city uh in uh, lombok the main city and then we also went a little bit further up coast here on the on the west coast to a place called Sengigi. Sengigi. it's actually not on this map i do apologize but it's about there where my cursor is it's about 15 20 minutes north of mataram and so we'll get into that so this is where we were we were in the in the west of lombok uh for most of this month here, by the way, if you're wondering what this is, Big Crater, it's the second largest volcano in, uh, in Indonesia. It's uh, known as Gunang Rinjani, uh, Rinjani Volcano. And I have to say, it does look rather like a volcano on my leg. I do apologize if you're eating now. Uh, it won't be there for long. Uh, yes, I went to sleep um, on the floor and a red ant bit me. And of course, I made the mistake of popping the red spot too early. It got infected. And uh, quite frankly, it's uh, rather disgusting. Uh, It's formed almost like a volcano. You see the arrow there. I've got my own Gunung Rinjani on my leg. And it's actually caused an abscess, like a big hole in the leg. But don't worry, Um, I'm not going anywhere. I've been on antibiotics and it's got much better. I won't bother getting my leg out and showing you or showing you again the next one. But just to be aware, this is what happens in the tropics if you don't watch those ants. Now, um, you may be aware it's caused inf- it's called infections. One of the um, the titles today, the word infection. And we have been going through about of infections. Uh, the boys, myself, we've had ear infections. Uh, we've had. Uh, well, uh, can we call it deli belly? I suppose you can't. It's lombok belly um, constant, uh, squirtiness going out there. <laughs> Imagine four kids, it just goes around and around and you think you're done. And then another one gets it. Eye infections. Uh, we've also had as well. And of course you just got to hold your hands up. There you go. And say, these are the plagues of making a big change, moving to a different place. Um, the body's just not used to all of the different types of bacteria, uh, microorganisms that are around here that you can't see, but do get into your (laughs) orifices. Um, It's very normal. You just got to get through it. And uh, hopefully after six months, definitely a year, the body would have created the shields, the immunity for all of these things. Um, Like the locals here, they don't tend to get these things um, because they're used to it. Their bodies uh, are immune to it. They've got their defenses to it. So it's been a tough month in terms of that. But um, if you look, you know, big picture stuff, this does happen, happens to all of us. So we have been going through quite a few infections. Luckily, I'm the only one with a volcano on my leg. Right. We did go fishing in the end. I remember telling you about this last time. Uh, We ended up not going. And uh, finally, we did go fishing in a place called Garupuk uh, to the east of Kuta. There's Captain Jafar, not from Aladdin, uh, may I say. And would you believe after five minutes... Dad caught an octopus. Um, not that I'm a huge fan of octopus. meanwhile my wife, being Japanese, did like to gobble most of that up. Mm, we cooked it in a in a local restaurant there. Um, yeah, you can see Zach doesn't look too keen on it either. So yeah, that was fun. Uh Miwa caught some. Zach caught one, it was poisonous. We had to put it back. Uh it was a good first uh induction for us into the world of fishing. So good fun there. And obviously catching something's always nice too even though uh i'm not a huge octopus fan right let's get into the most important stuff we have a beer debacle um as it's predominantly muslim uh here in uh lombok and generally everything is great there is one thing that clearly isn't and that's the tax that they put on to beer yes you can access it you can buy it bing tang is a well-known uh pills and lager it's it's very nice um cold 10 o'clock in the morning sorry uh, uh, 5 o'clock beer o'clock right 5 or 7 o'clock 5 to 6 o'clock beer o'clock um but they do cost a hefty lot um for a big 620 meal you're looking at about 50000 uh, rupees which is about what 22 23 r&b maybe 3 pounds uh for a beer so this can really hit into your budget if you're going out and you're having a few of them which you know me and myself would do Uh, have one or two as they say Uh, but luckily my german friend dan uh, put me onto a distributor for this anchor beer Uh, another uh, famous beer brand here you don't see much of it in the restaurants um, but i've got hold of the uh, distributor up in Pryor, a city about 20 minutes north of here and they deliver tuesdays and saturdays to around the town and you can get one of these 500 mil just under a pint for about 20,000. So you're looking at about 10 RMB, uh, which is what about one pound 20, so that's a little bit better. please don't think I'm drinking beer all the time, of course. I have four children. I have to look after myself. But sometimes in an evening, especially on the weekends, as I say to me, well, it's nice to have some cold ones in the fridge and not feel like you're paying through the roof for them. So there is always where there's a will, there's a way. hey, we've got the anchor beer. there you go. But special promo out there for Bintan and Anchor. They are both very nice. It's just uh, the anchor straight from the distributor is a little bit nicer on the wallet. Okay, let's look. Ron, the snake man. Um, This is a guy originally from Leicester, I believe. Nice chap. Been living in Bali a long time. Um, I don't know what you call an expert in snakes. Should we call him a snakeologist? Um, Let me know. Tell me what it is. Uh, I suppose I could Google it. That's probably what you're saying, but I can't because I'm needing to talk to you and get this done in 15 minutes. (laughs) Um, So the snake patrol man, Ron, he came. It was an event through the school here um open to the local community so we went along this is a um uh a place in uh, it's in the Novotel, a lovely hotel here uh really um you know they've done a great job in making it look very local style they've got a lot of clay pots there sticking out of the wall for nice artistic effect but ron came and did a talk about the snake life Um, The insect life, the critter life, the dangerous life that lurks potentially around us living in Lombok. So it was a good education for us. Um, Interesting point, actually, that there's a lot more snakes seemingly in Bali, um, dangerous ones as well, um, and a lot more diverse species sets than there are in Lombok, which is great. I wonder if it's got anything to do with the, um, with the line that goes between uh, Bali and uh, Lombok where things, fauna, flora and fauna and animal species just change dramatically. It's called the, um, I can't believe this, the Walter line or something, dearie me, I forgot in my old age and non-infinite wisdom. But Ron did a good talk. There were some snakes that were brought down, not his, um, but for some people in a local village, I believe, which was good. And uh, we got to hear about some good safety tips, uh, you know, living around in houses and stuff, what not to do, what to do. Um, I'll give you the big, biggest conclusion. If you see a snake, viewers, listeners, um, just stay away from the snake. Uh, easier said than done. Most people try and get near and poke around and they cause problems that does cause problems. Uh, Max had a great time. Uh, he was holding loads of snakes. This is a, a, a bearded a lizard. Um, beautiful little thing. He was absolutely loving it. And, uh, I had to do it. I held the big yellow, uh, hyphen. Uh, my gosh, what a massive thing that is. So heavy, just full of absolute muscle. Uh, but that was great. It was a great day. And we got to meet some other families too, uh, which is all about a bit of networking. We moved then up to St. Gigi. Remember I was telling you up above the main city, Mataram, on the west coast of Lombok. It's about two hour drive. So we took a taxi up. This was the first place we stayed in for the first night. But um, it just wasn't big enough for all of our clan, our troop um, and some of the other rooms weren 't available, so um, we looked elsewhere very nice family though running that show. i can 't remember the name family guest house I think it was uh, very nice family, but we found another place uh, much closer to the sea in Sengigi. Sengigi's actually um, the the beach is a kind of black black gray because of uh, it 's a volcanic beach of course we 're getting closer and closer to rinjani the the um, the volcano in Lombok as you go further north north to the west, and here uh, was uh, myself <sighs> in the... Yeah. Uh, let me turn my voice off. In the morning, see, I was sleeping on the floor because there wasn't enough room for all of us, and that's where I got my ant bite, but never mind. I live to fight another day. And this is us coming out of the guest house, well, me, and uh, oh, it was beautiful. Batu Belong, this place is, in Sangigi. I really absolutely dead. no one there. I think we were the only ones staying there, an Australian couple too, um apologies for all the noise by the way if you're watching this there's the the pool and then right outside look at that smack bang on your doorstep a beautiful beach and it was such a cool water because the waves would come in and they would suck you back in it was really fun no rocks and stuff in the in the water uh just uh and there was where we had the fires right here every night under this tree and there were some really nice restaurants local restaurants we met um some really cool uh expats and locals there and they did this amazing barbecued um what's the fish? Mahi mahi. Just beautiful. It's like so meaty, you know. Just oh just beautiful, juicy with their kind of sambari chili sauce, garlic. Absolutely lovely to die for. So that was uh our new guest house that we stayed at. And again we just had wonderful sunsets and uh and there's a the sun going down there. You can kind of see Rinjani in the background here, yeah. Some days it was clearer than others, but there is the big, uh, Rinjani volcano to be climbed one day, one day, maybe you'll do it with me or you'll do it for me. <laughs> and there's uh, the fires that we were doing every day and the boys would go and get the wood, and we'd snap it up and they'd help to light it. because my little tripod strategy there to make the fire start quickly. Um, there you go. Free bit of, uh, Info there for you, start a fire, put it up like that. (laughs) I'm sure you know anyway. Big swings on the beaches. Uh, There's all four of us, five of us, shall we? And the Jasper, Zach and Kai and Max. Yeah, wonderful times, everyone, wonderful times. It's just really nice to have a new environment. Um, Super exciting. Okay, let's get into the bureaucracy of the world. I'll try not to bore you. We finally got our Kartu izin tingal terbatas. Katu is an Tabatas. Sorry if I fudged that one to any Bahasa Indonesia speakers out there. We finally got our Kitas, which stands for exactly what I've just said a limited stay permit card. It allows us to live here two years for us. Every year you have to renew um, for the kids. We have to renew every two years. Um, so we have finally have our Kitas through our investment company uh here which we'll talk a lot more about in the future but this is it i was looking for like um uh you know a picture of the prime minister shikawi uh you know maybe some beautiful picture of a sunset you know and put it in your passport and it's something to cherish but no all i got all we got was a blue circular um stamp with an a on it and etas online which means it's all online now. So you don't even get a beautiful sticker. I guess at least they didn't take up a page. I remember in China, I had to change my passport so much because every year you get a visa stuck on um, and it would take up a whole page of your passport. So we finally got that. It took a lot longer because remember they said I was Irish and the computer system had trouble changing it. But we finally got it on time. Ta- well, not on time, but we finally got it after what, what was that? Six weeks. Uh, And that allowed us to then go and get SIM cards and buy phones and actually feel like we could get connected into the information mainstream, right? (laughs) So uh, my agent told me the day before we had to go to Mataram to the immigration office to pick up our kitas, our passports, to get that lovely blue stamp uh, from immigration. That, of course, because this is um, mostly Muslim here, as I mentioned earlier, uh they don't it's rude to show lots of skin, to go in with shorts, flip-flops and things like this. So I was told this and I didn't of course pack anything. Um I could have packed my trousers. So I then wondered, it made me think last time I was in that immigration. I don't think I mentioned this, I saw a lot of foreign men, or boule as they're called here, coming in with sarongs like this man around their waist. I was, I was kind of a bit kitsch, you know, maybe it's a fashion. People going on holiday, they kind of think, let's, uh, you know, let's uh, mix it up a little bit. But what I realized was it's exactly this. Um, If you don't have trousers, put something on like this. You can't wear shorts because you're showing your legs. So I was in a right problem because I had nothing on uh, of that kind. So I thought maybe using the bed sheet uh, in the hotel and then luckily rummaging through Um, my baggage, I'd managed to keep my Alibabas. I got these in my, I don't know, India, Thailand, like over 10 years ago. And there you see, they covered up my legs beautifully. There's my bum bag. Perfect for any father of children. When you're keeping things with no pockets there, you got no pockets bum bag. I'm bringing it back into fashion, but I, I, well, it's not a bum bag. Is it? It's kind of a waste bag for me. I don't carry it on the back. Otherwise, um, it could be easily pickpocketed. I did have to go in with flip-flops, but I used all the four boys in front of me, um, to cause a smoke screen. So they didn't look down at my feet. Um, and so we finally got in and, uh, we were able to get <laughs> those key asses finally. And this is, uh, the boys, everyone had to have photos taken. Me while they're very friendly immigration officers, um, Kai there doing his modeling, And here's Max signing his uh, document. You can see the kind of an M there. M kind of blurred into A. Uh, I had to help him out a few times. But he was insistent that he would write his own name, however long it would take. Uh, So there you go. As we came out of the immigration, guess what we went into? Just at the time that we came out, you just couldn't have timed it more perfectly this was a mass demonstration going on. Remember, Mataram is the uh, capital of uh, Lombok. So if you've got a beef with the government, you're going to go there. And this immigration place is where the government offices are. Um, and so you can see people up here on a on a truck with big PA speakers. Um, and they were protesting. Uh, there were lots of guard police officers uh, with um, with weapons. So we had two scooters. And this was where we needed to go. So it was a little bit um, annoying, (laughs) frustrating and annoying. I mean, I'm all up for free speech and, um, you know, people go into the government with their qualms. Absolutely. But uh, how did we get out of this? I think we went up the wrong way, which was um, quieter. And actually, the people in, they let us through the bollards. Um, They didn't want, obviously, foreigners nosing around too much into things, I guess. And so, uh, oh, look, I've got a video. Let's, uh, let's put the video on here. So these were protests, listeners, viewers, for petrol. Now, if you remember in the last episode, um, I was talking to you about petrol prices. I was giving you an idea of certain prices of things. Um, petrol was about, I believe, yeah, it was about 7,000 uh, rupees for a litre, which is about, I don't know, 40 pence in England, maybe uh, three and a half RMB in China, a bit less than that, and free RMB. But they've gone up literally in the time I have filmed the last one, and I'm doing this. Um, they've gone up, and they've gone up the day we were in immigration uh, from seven all the way up to ten thousand per liter. So you know you're 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 talking there nearly if it was seven and it's gone up three, um, you're talking nearly fifty percent, say forty percent um, price rise in petrol. That's going to hurt a lot of people, um, and so damn right they should get out. On the streets and protest absolutely all for it whether or not it'll do any good of course i don't know but hey we should be entitled um to speaking up something that many weren't entitled to from where we've just left of course so let's uh, let's listen to this demonstration a minute petrol protest apparently in the last few days petrol has gone up from seven thousand I think I showed you in the last vlog oh well and I'm just repeating myself here I will stop um yeah so quite a crowd of people coming along <laughs> So there you go. Yeah, quite was getting a bit um, aggressive, uh, as Jasper noted. Um, But yeah, could have a whole subject talk on this subject. Uh, But yes, people, as they should be able to, freely able to uh, say what they're thinking. And I don't blame them. Um, If petrol goes up over 30, 40 percent, that's going to hurt a lot of people for sure. Uh, So um, that was that. We then did some uh, we had to send Max's passport back to China Uh, because our passport for him (laughs) took so long for HMOP in Liverpool to make his new passport, we had to just leave. And so we're getting some of our friends to pick it up at some point soon. Um, It came through about a couple of weeks after we left. So we had to do that. This is TNT office. Um, We got that sent there. And what else? Well, while that was going on, Kai was helping a man fix a motorbike outside. Uh, Cheeky, cheeky Kai. um, Very interested in all of his tools. There you go. There's the petrol. So Pertamina, the main brand here. If you see here, Pertilite's the cheapest one. It was a bit difficult. 10,000 now, as opposed to 7,000 last uh, last, uh, vlog that I did. And of course, this is happening all over the world. Mass inflation. Government's just printing more and more money, thinking it's going to help us all. Um, Of course, it's not. It's going to all implode. Um, Don't mean to be negative, um, but make sure you're ready for it um okay shopping not my kind of thing but as we were in the main city we thought uh we should go and check out what's available so oh yes this was something i saw the other day (laughs) might be a reason for why petrol's gone up Uh, as an oil petrol tanker i think um it's quite an interesting uh brand name isn't it bsw i'm not going to read it but if it is in there then maybe there's something's happened and that's why it's become more um i don't know uh (laughs) expensive okay this is the mall everyone this is Mataram mall they have one big mall it's the epicentrum mall they actually have two actually but this is a mall that i guess in 2022 we'd say is mallish uh, not my kind of place as i said but of course the kids miwa love it and you know what if you don't have it all the time i mean i had to say in china it was almost like constantly in a mall um but when you don't have something all the time i think you appreciated it more so we hadn't been to a mall for ages we came here it's three or four floors and uh, we really um enjoyed it i actually pissed down with rain afterwards um we couldn't get to the bank on time we had to get these plastic hoods and it was really cold rain so we had to wait here for longer than we thought um but as we were in the mall check this out um Absolute classic. I was filming uh, for the vlog uh, to go up. I was going up the escalators and just look what happens here. And that's Max. Oh, yeah, that was a uh, Max. So we were buying phones. We got some Samsung phones. That's another debacle here. To bring in a phone from outside, you have to pay tax on it. And it just makes a lot more sense to get new phones. Unfortunately, Apple is uh, majorly expensive here. Um, so we've gone to Android um which is really moving any computer over as you know can be taxing i still actually keep my Samsung in the box and turn it on when i need to get a message or something <laughs> i'm still using my iphone 6 old school i'm happy with 3g but nobody else is so at some point step by step i will move over but miwa is loving her Samsung a 23 i got cheaper one a13 anyway blah 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 um let's check this video out watch this um, by the way, just here to set the scene, Miwa and the boys are here looking at the teddy bear, and I'm going up the escalator. Epi Centrum Mall Mataram. It's like being back in China. And there they are. There's Max punching the. Oh, Max, you can't. <laughs> Don't punch the teddy bear. Zack. Caught on camera. British louts. (laughs) Now, I'm going to pause this video and you might be wondering why, but I have been told by my lovely wife, Miwa, to not show this next bit. All I'm going to say is it's not right that the children were showing violent behavior towards a teddy bear. Even if there was someone in a teddy bear, that's not right. Um, Very loutish. So they're in big trouble for this, especially Zach, of course, the ringleader. Um, should be modelling something better than that. I'm going to take this off then now and not show you what happened next, but just show you, um, yes, what happened afterwards. Here we go, Zach, wandering off. Oh, I caught this on camera. <laughs> sin bin. <laughs> so Zach was s- certainly given the one over by his mother, which I totally agree. And uh, they were all sin after that. Kids, if you're watching this, Do not hit teddy bears. Right, off the shopping and onto this. Check this out, everyone. This is an Indonesian bus stop. Well, shall I say Lombok bus stop? Look at this. You go up a ramp to sit down to then come down the ramp to go into the bus. Now, I was thinking the buses, and I don't see many of them, I have to say, would be maybe have a high door. So that's why you have to go up the ramp and then you step off here into the bus. But they don't. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they are some. It doesn't look new, this bus stop. But I just think that's really quite unique. A bus stop with um, ramps. There you go. Makes things fun, right? Especially if you've got your bicycle. So there you go. A Lombok bus stop. I'm sure you haven't seen that before. If you had, don't bother letting me know. Right. Hospital visits. Uh... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> of course with kids um, and I, I was in the medical industry in in Juhai for some years it's very important um, as not being from here with, with obviously the language problems to find a place uh, if you have an emergency or something that you can go to that you're happy with um, where you know there's a good international type service so um, I checked out Siloam Siloam Hospital in Mataram remember it's, we're in the main city that's where the main hospital is about an hour 50 kilometers from Kuta where we're based and I checked it out and the reason I checked it out was actually I was having massive problem in my ear Um, it was an infection first probably from this pool sorry booty Um, and then it kind of the infection went and I don't know what happened but it was really difficult for me to chew and even open my mouth, you know, when you're yawning and stuff like that. It was actually really, really annoying and quite painful. I was on strong painkillers for quite some time. So I thought, well, you know, I better check this out in case it's serious. And I can kill two birds with one stone and check out this hospital for everyone, see what it's like. So I went to this private hospital, Siloam. Look at this! It's got cool little buggies for kids. You can push them around. I saw some people pushing their kids around because you know it's pretty boring a hospital, right? Um, so I thought that was quite fun, playing fun. None for adults, although maybe you could take uh, this one. <laughs> nice clean corridors. Um, it wasn't hugely busy. You had to wait downstairs uh, for your number. La di da di da. And I got to. Oh, this is this is the problem. Um, I had barrow trauma caused by a difference in pressure between the inside of the ear and the air around you. The Eustachian tube, which is here... Uh, in red it uh, does not open swelling or fluid build up in the air around the tube can make it not open so i i can only imagine when i came in on the flight i remember from um, kuala lumpur with everyone to lombok i had a massive pain in this ear and the pressure change, the gradient must have shut my eustachian tube and i tell you i would not wish this one on anybody um you had to take anti-congestions and painkillers it takes a long time literally from the last time i did this vlog so last week I had it. Um, and finally it is gone. Ah, ah, ah. I can move my mouth around with no problems. I bet some of you are laughing out loud, thinking, Chris, uh, what a shame or trauma that he wouldn't be able to speak. Well, I was able to speak. I just wasn't able to yawn um, or chew sandwiches very well or pizza Mm. Anyway, marrow trauma, quite a a common thing for people who travel in the air, but a lot of them come from scuba diving too when you go down and the pressure changes as you go deeper into the water. Well, this was the doctor uh, that came um, from one of the hospitals and he was really useful. He shoved this endoscope or something in my ear and there you can see my eardrum. Gosh, this is a real medical show today, isn't it? I do apologize for Rinjani earlier on. There's my ear Um, A little bit red, of course, on the right one. And there's the uh, doctor who was happy to charge me a load of money. No, sorry. He was uh, very nice indeed. And of course, on the back of that, I had been researching it. Um, anyone out there who's relocating uh, who is an expat now in in a country not where they're from you have to have uh we don't have to have it but you're stupid if you don't um some health insurance the best one we found was um, actually uk company originally prudential always listening always understanding oh i'll let you know if that's the case next year if we go to renew um they're very kind they came out and met me in Sengigi, went through the plans and this was about under about about well, nearly $2,000 for the year to cover all of us for major inju- in, in, injuries, airlifts to hospitals, things like this, coming off motorbikes um, and stuff like that. So really essential. And we're now all covered um, in case anything major happens. Uh, touch wood, of course, it doesn't. Right, well, we also had some challenges along the way. Um, I remember we took Kai, me, well, myself, Kai and Max in to buy phones. And the back wheel blew out. Um, Quite dangerous, actually. I had to leave Miwa and the two kids on a roadside. But luckily in Indonesia, because motorbikes are just ubiquitous, um, there's always guys like this lovely chap able to help fix my bike. Now, I went there. The bike, the tire was totally flat. It totally gone. It was actually dangerous, really, to drive to this place on it. He took the tube out, found out where the the puncture was, put a pin in it. Got a bit of rubber out, stuck rubber down and patched it up, basically. And I mean, within about 10 minutes, it was all done. Here's a video. What a guy. And actually, full circle, this is the immigration place and the the road where the process were, um, you know, a week before I think that was happening. So I was able to uh, get the Wi-Fi still from here and send Miwar a message to let her know that I was coming to get her soon, her knight in shining armour. The motor there turns on, right by the side of the road. Brilliant. There he's finding out where the, where the air bubbles, to find in the country is. Very good. Very Makashi. There you go. Brilliant. I mean, that's exactly what you need when your tire goes out. I don't even know how much it would cost in England if that happened. Um, But this guy saved our day and we managed to get to the bank appointment opening company and personal accounts, which of course we could do when we finally got that key task, um, to access money and things like that. But this guy charged me, wait for it, 10,000 rupees for this life saving service, which is under five R B. You're talking 60, 70, uh, 60, 70 P listeners. Um, incredible. And the smile as well. Imagine quick fit coming out to do that in England and you giving them less than a the pound they'd tell you to do one wouldn't they okay we got back no we didn't we carried on from Sengigi which is where we are here on the cursor just north of Mataram and we carried on up to the non one and only or well, the free and only famous tropical islands of the Gillies there they are in the northwest. Of Lombok. Y Tropicana. Islands of Paradise. Here they are. We've got Gili Air here on the right. Gili Mino. Welcome to Gili Mino. Magic mushrooms for breakfast sometimes. That was actually a song played to us by the boys Um, where we stayed. Reggae song. The boys were singing that a lot as well in the swimming pool. Um, not really knowing the true meanings i think behind that and this is gilly troangan the big party island here uh on the on the left i think i've got that right yes i think i do Gili air Gili mino and Gili Truangan, and here they are up on that map they're tiddly little islands you can walk around it in like three hours took us a whole day as you could imagine with the kids but it's true tropical paradise, listeners and viewers. And I would recommend anyone to come here um, when you come to see us, of course, to go to the Gillies. Chill here in Gilly Air. Chill even more in Gilly Mino for honeymooners. This is the place to come. Um, and, but here is for the party goers, the chicken and chips, the football shirt wearers, the Red Bull and vodka drinkers. <laughs> now, Gilly Air, where we were staying... Uh, The island on the right, the closest island to the mainland, has no cars um, or motorbikes. It just has horses, and um, they frequently go around, uh, scaring you if you don't move to the left or right of the path. You wouldn't want to be hit by one of them, that's for sure. They do actually have e-bikes. I saw some e-bikes, but nothing with combustible fuel in. Here is, uh, we couldn't fit all of our stuff in, no surprise there. So I walked um, with Zach and Jasper, and these guys took the luggage uh, to the uh, guest house. Now, where were we staying? We were staying in Alibaba's Alibaba's, like my pants I wore <laughs> to the immigration. Uh, a nice, cute, cozy uh, little guest house, 20 meters from the beach. And I'm talking like literally a beach where you can just go straight into the water and snorkel, coral reef everywhere, just proper beautiful. Um, and the boys there um, Goran and Aloha was super nice, super friendly with, with the boys through the week. We played lots of ball in the pool and, uh, it was great fun. The breakfasts were also included as well. They were great chocolate pancakes. Uh, we were having what cheese omelets and they had a plate of fruit in the morning. Super, super nice. Alibaba, Gilead. um, big shout out to them. Thanks for having us. We definitely go back there and anyone go in there, check Alibaba out on booking.com or wherever you check out places. Um, we took some boats. This was a glass bottom boat. Uh we were this was a, a boat trip we we did. We went snorkeling to see turtles. And did we indeed see the turtles? This was uh Gilly T, Gilly Troangan. Um a lot of them uh, hang around there. It's an absolute must to see the turtles. Uh it's just incredible, yeah. Just floating under the water, right coming up right to you. I mean, I will say you shouldn't touch them, really just observing them um i i think is uh respectful enough and kai of course the youngest couldn't go underwater he doesn't know how to go underwater yet with the goggles but as i was holding him this one turtle came right up to us um incredible and stuck his head out of the water and opened his mouth almost as if he was saying you know hey welcome to gilly tea <laughs> do you have any food for me uh so that was that was really super And uh, here's some uh, the famous statues underwater as well, which we got to see as well. I snorkeled down to, Um, yeah, there's actually not a big story to these. A group of foreigners, apparently a foreign entity, put these down about five or six years ago. So nothing ancient from uh, aliens or anything like that. So, yeah. Don't get too interested. But again, wonderfully beautiful and cool. Uh, in the evening, as the sun was setting. I told you it's an island of horses. Uh, we uh, we got on some horses. The boys loved it, especially Max. And um, yeah, the sun went down. And again, another beautiful day in Gilly Air. There's me holding uh, Kai up there yeah again man these are the moments these are the moments if you're thinking about making moves this is what you can get um and it's just it's hard with the kids you know four kids um not much downtime even on a relaxing island there's always something going on hey we kids whether they're ill or needing this or needing that we've uh, fallen over or oh why's he got that and i don't have that but you know these are the special moments i know when the boys are looking back on this one of the reasons i'm doing this is they will remember this and um we'll all remember this and i just know you know i have no regrets because i won't be saying oh i worked you know my ass off so i could take put my kids in university and give them a good life but hey while i was working my ass off was i actually spending any time with them so i know this is what it's for it's magical it's special um, and that photo really encapsulates that for me yeah right here's a quick picture of jazzy b on the horse now i wanted the man to let go he said probably best not to he might bolt off um and jasper might bolt off the back (laughs) 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 jasper rides off into the the sunset sunset (laughs) that was great. Um yeah, so that was the Gili Air and the, the Gili Island, the Gili Islands as they're known. And so let's move on now to something a little bit unsavory. I'll put this in um as a little clip it, uh, a warning sign to all of you, so please listen very very carefully, especially those who are thinking of relocating. Um again, a title for this episode, uh one of them was shipping sarongs. Well, I kind of got the idea for sarong's wrongs, shipping wrongs, and there were certainly a shipping wrong. I'm put my hand up, put my hands up partly to do with this. I chose this company. We were wanting to send 5 cubic meters of our stuff. Not too much, 5 cubic meters, uh things like uh books and some musical instruments and games um, sports stuff, you know, stuff that we use a lot of in our life in China and, uh, we didn't want to buy it again, but stuff, more sentimental stuff, pictures, um, things like this that we want to keep. And so of course you look for shipping companies, relocating companies that do what they say they're going to do. And we met a company, well, I I spoke to quite a few. It's very expensive um, for this to move it to Indonesia. But these guys, <laughs> Trust Mover. I mean, again, going back to Liz Truss. I mean, don't you just trust she's going to do a great job for England? Well, I trusted that Trust Mover was going to do a great job for us. Moving our boxes, here they are um, in the middle. This is our home in China before we left. And uh, this is their QR code if you've got WeChat and you're in China now. I can tell you one thing. I do not want to bore you with the detail, okay? This is meant to be a positive vlog podcast. But listen to this. Do not use this company. If you're in China now, they're Shanghai-based, and you get a call from them or a WeChat message or you see an advertisement saying they can do this and they can do that, they may be the cheapest quote. Um, but I'm telling you, they do not do what they say they're going to do. And I've had loads of problems. Our shipping now is in Jakarta. It actually came a lot quicker than they said it was going to, which for us, we actually wanted it to take longer because we still don't have a home. Yeah. We're still in a guest house. Um, but absolutely no communication. The minute you sign the deal, you send the money over, they come and pack it up to be fair. The guys who came, um, they did a good job packing it all up. Uh, But then after that, no communication, total problems. I had to pay more shipping fees when it got to Jakarta. I've had to pay uh, a penalty fee because the manifest that they're responsible for wasn't correct. They said it was this much, but it actually was this much when it got to Jakarta. Um, And just no communication. They don't reply to emails, to the WeChat group. It's just, it's the worst, yeah? Yeah. It's the low, the lowest form of service I think you could possibly give. So do not trust these people. Do not go with them. Go with someone a little bit more expensive. And I always find someone who's already used the company um that you know have done what they say they can do is best. Uh so I will tell you now, do not go with trust movers. Just remember this. Trust no one, especially trust movers. <laughs> um, and what else I'm gonna say. Yeah, so we will see when we finally get these to Lombok. I've got to pay for it to get to Lombok as well, which um, I wasn't told about and wasn't agreed. Um, And so, yeah, not happy with this company. But there you go. As I said, I chose them. Um, So it's my fault in the end. But generally, you know, I had conversations with them. I asked them all these questions. We were only going to have to pay extra costs for duty and um and when it went through customs luckily it's gone through customs now and we haven't had to pay any extra tax just that penalty fee because this company messed up on doing their job so trust movers do not trust them okay i think i've said enough on that one right well after we were in sengigi and we were in the gili islands tropical gili islands we came back to kuta and i'm going to tell you a secret We have finally, I believe, found where we are going to be living for the next year. Um, It's taken time. We are in the process of, actually, I can tell you now, we've signed the contract for a year. We'll be in on Miwa's birthday in November. So we've still got some time to stay here and do some more exploring. Reason being, they've rented it out to the upcoming Superbike uh, Championships, which they're having in the Mandalika circuit here in Kuta. The whole place just fills up. Um, you can't even get a sofa here at the moment, um, and so uh, they're cashing in uh, on the Mandalika uh, mass, you know, increase in customers, people needing rooms. I don't blame them. We're probably going to get right out, right out of here, and take a trip somewhere else to chill, and then come back when it's finished. Uh, more about that in future vlogs. But um, yes, we think we found the place and yeah, we're very happy with it. It's been quite a challenge finding a big enough place for us here. Uh, These guys, big thank you. I know you're going to be watching this. We've got Iram here and um, Ari F. Uh, they've become good friends to us over the last six weeks. They've helped us to look at different places. We've been to so many different places looking with them. Uh, they really have been a great help. This is Ari F, by the way, on his lovely KLX uh one fifty motorbike, which I want <laughs> that's for future episodes. Give me your motorbike um but yes, thank you, big thank you to Iram and uh Arief for all your help and If it wasn't for them, we wouldn't have found this place, which I'll tell you a lot more about in the future. So big up to them. what's also been happening? Yes. Nata, our good new friend, uh, Natty Badman is his nickname now. He's not a bad man, but it just sounds like Natty Badman, the the reggae singer from uh, Bristol, uh, which isn't so bad to be associated with. Uh, Nata, uh, being native to Lombok, is um, Sasak, uh, Muslim Sasak, and he lives in a traditional uh, Sasak village. And so he invited us to it one afternoon and we went. This is his lovely children here. Um, on the, on the doorstep. And, uh, this is the lovely food his wife cooked for us, uh, mostly vegetarian, got Samba hot sauce. That is pretty hot. I have to say tofu, um, some kind of green with, uh, like, um, what do you call it? Squash inside. It's actually like very basil-like, but it's not basil. Um, some, I think this was chicken hearts and kidneys and some, uh, rice all, uh, grown on his, uh, land by his family and saved, you know, uh, in the dry storage. So really wonderful, uh, organic rice. Yeah, it was a great feast. And, uh, here we are, Zach and Jasper playing with some stuff and, um, uh, Max there in the background, me, uh, trying to look professional with my folded legs. The more you get into it, the more easier it becomes. I found, and there's your traditional coffee that they serve here I love the farm they have outside. They have some cows. (laughs) He was feeding them. And Max looked very at home. There was bare feet in the hay. This is wonderful to see my kids just like connecting back into earth. Yeah. I remember when we were in China, it was always rubber shoes, 24 floors up, keyboards, devices. Very rarely would they get their feet on the ground. And, you know, I tried very much to get them to take it off, but they were always like, Oh, it doesn't feel nice. You know, it's, strange on my feet and now they don't think twice about it oh the cow's given us a good um angle there thank you Uh, and then jack was outside with some of the village boys uh with a knife cutting some bamboo Um, and actually they made some big bamboo stilts i should have taken a photo made two holes in the side and put some some little bits of wood in so you could stand up put your feet on it like stilts right and um try walking with them well i tried and absolutely failed of course the kids were right up on them no problem um when i go back there i'm going to try again Natta Badman, natty natty dreadlock man and i'll see if i can do it so they go that is not Natter, by the way there um in case you think it is um although he would look very smart just like that if he was wearing that attire no pictures of natter not that he didn't want any but meanwhile didn't take any okay we are near the finish line Um, If you're still with me, we're nearly there. Okay. And again, thank you so much for listening to all the stories. I hope this has been entertaining for you. Um, It's just such an adventure. Uh, We're so lucky to be doing this. And um, yeah, I just want to showcase it to you all. So I really hope you've enjoyed it so far. As always, um, every month, I do want to uh, give you a Jedi Invest tip of the month. So, remember, disclaimer aside, I must disclaim this is not a financial advice I'm about to give you. I'm not a financial advisor. These are projects I just want to bring to your attention. Um, Yes, I have a vested interest in them. I've invested my time and energy into them, into researching them, and have also put some funds into them too, so I want them to succeed. I don't make any commission, just recognition um, that I've passed something on to your awareness that I think is, uh, as I say, positively uplifting for our planet. Um, it's doing a good thing. And with the challenges we've got coming ahead, I think these help. So what is it today? What is it this month that we're looking at? We are looking at this Brazil potash. Okay. And here is a column of potash. Now Brazil for, uh, potash is a fertilizer company. Engaged in the extraction of potash, this stuff you see here in the Amazon region. And Brazil is the second largest consumer. Of potash in the world now. Don't get all oh my gosh! This is they're uh, taking all the trees down, you know, like these uh, companies are doing in uh, in the rainforest. Maybe they say what's well, like a football field a day. It's really bad, so cattle can uh, ranch on it. Yeah, for the burgeoning meat eaters that we have around our world. Uh, it's nothing like that. Just hear me out. First, let's understand exactly what potash is. Uh, potash. Where does it come? Well, to keep up with the food demands uh, for 7.5 billion people, modern farmers require fertilizers, of course, for food, good crop yields year in, year out. It's estimated about half of the world's food supply is grown with fertilizers. Did you know that? So fertilizers are very, very important, even more so in the supply chain issues that we are starting to see happening and are going to start to see more of in the coming years. Fertilisers are made up from three basic elements, nitrogen, phosphorus and potassium. So potash um, is the term used for a family of potassium-based compounds. So potassium is actually named after potash, potash potassium right it was originally made by burning wood to ash you can get it from from the fires which i'll come back to in a minute so today potash is mined from ancient dried up seabeds Um, most of these deposits you can see um here actually in this video are deep underground um instead of sending miners down like they used to to shovel it out they use water now now i have to just bring up this video um if you go to youtube i subscribe to this guy uh, veritasium um zach thinks he looks like elon musk but he does a great video on uh, potash really interesting if you've got kids well worth watching these pools help support half the million half the people on earth um i'm not going to tell you anything else they look bizarre don't they where are they in the world what do they actually do um and potash is a big well it is um, the whole deal, uh, for this. So please watch this. It's really interesting, um, with your kids as well. Um, they really enjoyed it too. Um, my kids, miners drill down into the pot, into the deposits. Okay. And they blast it with water. They then pump out the solution, evaporate the water off, which leaves this potash. Um, you can see here, um, this dried potash in columns, this person's holding. This is a much safer process, this water process, since miners don't have to risk life and limb going underground. Um, It has extra added benefits of being ecologically friendly as well. The byproduct of potash production is table salt, the white stuff you put on your food. And the table salt can be placed back into earth into the earth to backfill the mined areas of the mine now this is what this tagline from the company says from earth to earth potash extracted from underground is transformed into fertilizer and returned to the earth to enrich the soil there you go we got this sustainability thing going yeah um so what else can i say about it well potash as you now know is a key Ingredient in fertilizer, um, it's necessary for the Brazilian farmers to continue to produce food to feed the world's masses. Currently, Brazil imports nearly all of its potash. If you didn't know that, and there's a basically an oligopoly uh, of a few massive. Uh, Canadian and Russian firms who control the industry. Canada actually produced the most potash, um, and then the the Russians apparently. Ooh, interesting. Um, so th- they have an oligopoly. Uh, this cartel structure allows the oligopolies to significantly control prices, of course, which can negatively impact um, the profit margins of farmers, especially Brazilian farmers. On top of that, the potash, of course, has to travel as much as twelve thousand miles from Canada. Um, and uh, Russian ports to reach Brazil. So... This is where this company comes in. Its main advantage clearly is its geographic location. It's a giant underground potash deposit in the heart of Brazil, the breadbasket of the world. This property has an estimated 34-year mine life. It means it can supply the booming nation of Brazil with rich fertilizer for decades to come. To understand the size and scope of the deal, at full capacity, it could fulfill up to 20% of Brazil's potash needs. And here, the circle X marks the spot where... Brazil Potash, the company will load its potash into giant um, barges. So we've got this canal here, this was well, not canal, this massive river. So once loaded onto the barges, the potash can be easily transported downstream and it can be shipped throughout the country. Super cool. Now, to bring something else to the table here, uh, which I thought made it really an interesting company to get involved with, China's domestic demand for pork has made it the global leader in hog production. They just eat pork all the time in China. There's pigs everywhere. And a staple for farm-raised hogs, of course, is crushed soya bean. What do you need um, to make that soya bean nice and big and viable, um, to send countries like China to feed their pigs, you of course need fertilizer, hence the connection. So, as tens of millions of people continue to enter China's middle class, demand for pork is only going to grow. China will look to Brazil to help meet the demand. Now, it's so important that China's CITIC Group Bank met up with Brazilian officials. And the Brazil Potash team to fund and build out this potash mine. Bears repeating, seeing the Brazil Potash mine come online in its best interests, uh, certainly for Citigroup and for the government in China, as it enables Brazil to keep cranking out crops like soybean. So, it also just to finish, if you're thinking about the um, the uh, effects of this mining in the Amazon, it does embrace ESG the economic the social and the governance aspects and effects of this it's addressing the concerns of indigenous and local communities living near the mine as well um, as esg investors by aligning its projects with their interest this is still in an ipo state um, before uh, initial public offering now is the time to get involved If you are interested, check out www.brazilpotash.com. If you don't do anything else, please check out that YouTube video from Veritasium. Um, He does great science videos. Really interesting, both for adults and for kids. So well done for him too. Okay. Oh, to finish, the boys got so inspired by that video. You may be too. That they tried to make their own potash and uh, this is what they were doing we lit fire as i told you we've lit many they scraped the ash off into water and uh, then they separated uh that from the water and um this is all explained in the video and then you evaporate it unfortunately the boys in our hotel guest house didn't read the sign, even though the boys had put it into Hati Hati Parangitan, uh into Indonesian as well, and they chucked it away. So I think um, they're going to go for another trial soon. Like true scientists, keep going, keep going. Don't give up. Make that potash. Questions and answers. Before we finish, we did have a few I'd like to address. Um, the first one from Dawn McHugh. Bumsicles. How often, she says, are there earthquakes? And isn't it slightly scary because of the last big tsunami? Um, Well, Dawn, I think probably the last big one you're um, referring to is the one in 2004. Yeah, the big earthquake. um, The epicenter was... To the west of Banda Aceh, up towards near Jakarta, of course that caused massive tsunamis um, throughout the region. Uh, how often are earthquakes? Let's look address. Uh, let's address that. Apparently, the coordinator of earthquake and tsunami mitigation of the Meteorology, Climatology, and Geophysics Agency, the BMKG. Diano says, Indonesia experiences about 5.818 earthquakes per year. It's the most in any part of the world. Um, so there you go, 5.818 earthquakes per year. We experienced it, of course, on Zach's birthday. I showed you in the last vlog. I told you about it, which was a few seconds. Hopefully... When we experience other shudders, they won't be as bad as they were back in 2004. I think that was 9.2 on the Richter scale—absolutely massive. By the way, here's a little fact for you: If you're at your pub with your mates and you want to see like you seem like you're clever, Qatar uh, in the Middle East is considered a country least likely to experience cyclones, droughts, big floods, and earthquakes. So the question would be: Which country in the world? Has the least cyclone, droughts, big floods and earthquakes? And the answer apparently is Qatar. So there you go. No earthquakes upcoming in the World Cup, I guess. Uh, thanks for that uh, question. Keep them coming in. Lastly, Zenon, Pagliero, Aero, good old Zenon, who I believe is maybe in Germany now. Hope everything's going well, dude. Um, you said, could you talk a little about the tech infrastructure in Indonesia? I'm planning to move back to Asia at one point. And that's a place that crossed my mind. Okay, great question. And how stars align. I love it. Sometimes the minute you ask me that question or I saw it on YouTube, thanks so much for putting it on there, Zenon. Really appreciate it. I'm sure other people are thinking about it as well. I was sent a uh, message from my mate Christian, shouted out to you in earlier this episode, that he was at an event in Bali, in Nusador. And this was the event he was at. Um... Basically, uh, the largest in Southeast Asia web-free conference and expo Christian was at that. I'd love to hear your thoughts, actually, man. Um, Finally, when we get to meet face-to-face of how that was, I did some reading on it, learned from more than 40 industry thought leaders from the US, UK, Singapore, Japan, Canada, uh, who innovated web-free companies such as Coinbase, Binance, GameCredit, Sandbox, Cardano, Edgecap. I mean, yeah, all you blockchainers, um, this is, you know, we're looking at a potential explosion, um, a good explosion, in this kind of uh technology and indonesia is wanting to place itself then and as the digital energy of asia as it says here unleashing indonesia's potential as asia's web free investment destination if you're in to all things computer coding software web free blockchain crypto get over here now and there you go mate check it out www.nxcs or shall I say nxcsummit.com, have a read of that. And uh, hey, maybe when they do the next one, you can come on on over door. Always, of course, welcome for you, my friend. All right, we finish with a quote of inspiration. Uncertainty is the only certainty there is. And knowing how to live with insecurity is the only security. John Allen Palos, thank you very much. I resonate with that, as I'm sure some of you out there do too. I hope you've enjoyed this. I packed a lot in. I don't know how long it's taken. I hope it's under an hour. I apologize if it isn't. Thank you for staying with me to the end. Any questions, comments, please put them down underneath the video or email us at info at jedisinvest.com. As always, join the wave, be of service, make that change.